This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. We have Big J Okerson on today. Big J, or Jay. We talked a little about that. I don't want to ruin it for you, but we talked about whether he's Big J or Jay. Again, I don't want to ruin it for you. You can check me out December 19th at the Oriental Theater in Denver. And then uh, in January, I'm going to Little Rock on the 20th. I don't know if that's been announced yet, but I'm announcing it. Oklahoma City on the 22nd. Dallas on the 23rd. Houston on the 24th and the 25th. And then there'll be more dates added. ToddBerry.com at ToddBerry. And uh, feralaudio.com brings you this podcast. Here's my talk with Big J. Okerson. Jay Okerson is here. <laughs> That's so dramatic. It is. I, I don't, you've never heard my podcast. It's just, it's just full of intrigue and drama. <laughs> like High a, energy. It's an old fashioned sort of radio show. Drama. <laughs> it's like cereal. That we do crafts. <laughs> what uh so do you, i never call you big j do you still go by big j or is it it's such a it's such a spillover from what i mean my friends when i was younger called me big j that was it was purely categorizing because we had uh i we had another friend named jay yeah. and it was just when you know which one you were talking about it was uh big j and little j little j wasn't even that it's a testament to how big i am that little j wasn't even that little he was like six three right? he was about six foot and like you know you know 180 some pounds maybe 200 pounds but um so it was actually his girlfriend at the time dubbed us little j and big j and when i started doing this comedy there was only the black circuit around uh-huh in philly that was right. the only thing in philly you could do was the was the black scene and just they weren't gonna. They, it, it, you did better with that crowd if you came with a nickname. If you have like smooth in your name or something, was way better than just coming with your actual name. And uh, they responded to that better. So I just kind of went with Big J, and me and Kurt started together. Like and, and Kevin Hart and Kev was Little Kev the bastard, and Kurt was uh, Kurt just used his regular name, and, but bombed with regularity every night. Kurt Metzger. Yeah, but with oh, I didn't even know he started with fantastic jokes that just these yeah. like hip hop crowds had no interest because because he he had great jokes but no confidence to 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 like hammer them into them, so he would just kind of like you know just go down and flame because they would just attack them. Yeah, I would love to see videotape of that. We have a videotape. It's a, unfortunately it's a videotape, so it was going to whip out a VCR. But you have me and Kurt. Kurt makes no eye contact with the audience at all he looks straight over the audience and after every joke asks if he's getting the light <laughs> he's asking if the light's for him that's the way it and is. that and then when you see me though it's it's totally my jokes are just useless garbage just like every like miss common misdirection like 
hacky black circuit like kind of crappy joke you could do you can't have superheroes in the hood all that shit yeah. but, I, but i was pacing wildly and just i just i, I knew how to perform I, right. I picked up performing way better kurt picked up joke writing way faster than i did like he should have written for you and then gotten out of the business <laughs> several people black audiences that? said that <laughs> they go maybe they, they, they didn't even say like that they go uh they come to me and they'd be like man you were great you were so great and then they'd go to Kurt and be like, you, not so much. He's like, but you had good jokes, though. He's like, maybe if he told your jokes, oh. <laughs> which is a very uncomfortable thing when you're both. <laughs> I mean, now me and him would both laugh yeah. that off. But, you know, but at the time, you're like, nobody wanted to feel like uh, you were being pushed above somebody else. You know, you all the drive home yeah, together. Yeah, you're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin Hart was with you guys? Yeah. I remember her used to come around the cellar a lot, and then... Yeah, yeah. that was all of us. That was Keith. Keith brought me, Kurt, and Kev up, all three of us. And then Kurt kind of just moved up here quicker than anyone. I didn't even know all that. And then Kevin, oh my God, what happened here? Just meteoric. It's unbelievable. I, I went to see a movie. If ever I want to feel bad about myself, I can uh, look at my bank account in my phone uh -huh. uh, while I go to see any movie. And the last one I saw, last movie I saw in the theater, five previews and three of them were kevin hart oh my god with that and that's not even like the exaggeration of th three fifths of the of the trailers were starring that's 60 percent. Sh shouldn't say starring it was a, the, chris, was the, the, the chris rock one i don't know how big his part yeah. is but he's in it majorly and then a will ferrell in him movie uh and then a, and then him and some other guy josh something josh gad or something that's yeah, because I remember you know he used to come around the cellar every once in a while. They'd be like, "Hey, Kevin, you can kind of just bust his balls a little bit." That's what I want to do. They would yeah, they would shit on him. And then, uh, I mean, he was always good sport about it. Oh, he, he was. Like, oh, he was like, like, "Oh, come on, Todd." They, they yeah, they told him they were making fun of him for being short, like they were heckling him at the Boston Comedy Club one time. Yeah, and uh, maybe it was like the, one of the roasts. He tried to jump up on a roast, I think. Maybe Patrice's. Oh, roast. I know this. Yeah, and they threw the telephone books <laughs> yeah, on yeah. stage to give him the stand on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they couldn't see him, so they just threw telephone books on stage. You know uh, who told that story at? Uh, someone told that story. Maybe he did at Patrice's funeral of all places. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up here. Yeah, he did tell that story. He was there. Yeah, it was. I remember like it was so funny. Yeah, seeing Kev like. Where he got chumped around by Jim Gaffigan one time was pretty hilarious. Like Jim Gaffigan did the old, like, let me go on. I'm going to go on before you because uh, I have to get out of here. And then when Kev went on, like, you know, three spots later, Jim Gaffigan was still there just hanging out. He just did the uh, I'm going to go first because I want to kind of move. I think <laughs> maybe it's what it was. But I remember it was like Kev just kind of like being sad about that. Just like, you know, it's, it's such a different time now where he, I mean, Kev's arguably, I mean, Jim's obviously doing fantastic too, but. But, I mean, Kevin is arguably in the top five most famous people in the world right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's just, it's just so funny when, you, uh, when you're like, because I just didn't know how it happened. And I'm not saying it shouldn't have happened. I'm just saying sure, I sure, don't sure. know. I'm not even quite sure, to like, be honest, I, either. I really, I'm not, I really don't have a good answer for why it is. Uh, he's, I mean, he's definitely talented. Yeah, I think he's he works like, hard. He works. According to his Twitter bio, he works hard. <laughs> his Twitter bio, he goes, I work hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, want, everyone, that's what he, what's so funny uh, to me, and this, I, don't know, I guess this is going to sound, I hope it doesn't come off bitter, because I think it's, it's kind of funny, is that because uh, his guys at Open Forum, you know, Open Forum, that's their career pretty much, yeah. is opening for, I mean, the, I've seen posters of them. At comedy clubs, like coming to headline themselves, yeah, and it says things like Kevin Hart's favorite opener. By the way, what a tremendous gig! 
I'm, I'm not, I have no problem with the people getting the gig. I don't mind if they get things beyond that gig because of that gig and everything. What I just find hilarious is they all do a chant before they go on stage in the movies. And it's like, and Kev goes, everyone, everybody want to be famous. And then the whole crew chants back, but nobody want to put in the work. It's like, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are career on the road with Kevers. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing to be like, nobody wants to put in the work. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird take to have on that, to have those people yell that. It's like, that's something Kev should be like, you know, shadow boxing in the mirror and yeah. saying, I guess. Like, to have a bunch of people goes, well, you know, you're, you're helping a lot of people here. Like, you know, you're kind of hand feeding them a little bit. So it's like, it's a weird thing to have them chant. Nobody he wants ma- to put in the work. <laughs> so like, he makes we, them do a chant? Yeah, we don't want to do the work. <laughs> you guys don't do the work. Now get out there and do the work. <laughs> get out there and do the work. So they do that before every. I don't know if before every, but it's definitely in the, dramatized in the. Uh, you know, in the movies and like the, in the in the, in the stand-up films, yeah. I mean, Kev had pyrotechnics on a stage show, and it, and somehow you're like, you want to hate it, and then you're like, <laughs> whatever like, those costs so, is what I get for like eight shows or something. I mean, without exaggeration, yeah. And I learned something from going uh, on tour with those bands. What the difference of like their stage show from one thing to an? And I, I like I went on with Corn back-to-back tours. And on the one, it was just small arena, small venues, and it was just, you know, corn, major band, but just a backdrop. Uh-huh. That was it. A backdrop and a lighting, you know, rig. And then they went on the Mayhem Fest, and they had, like, oil rigs behind them, like, working oil rigs, but they had pyro that went up them. And I was like, I asked, like, why one versus the other? And they just said it's always, like, it depends what they're getting paid because it's all out of their pocket. I didn't realize that. Production on oh, yeah, tours, yeah. even that's all backstage. Your, for some reason, I feel like yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, like for, some so, I, for some reason, I feel like it's yeah. just kind of like less them rolling out the carpet for you, sort of thing, or you you say what you want and like. I don't even know what I was thinking. Like some kind of big brother pays for that kind of thing, but no, it's like straight out of Kev's pay it comes pyro. Like if he wants pyro, he's oh, yeah, paying for it. I didn't realize yeah. it. And also all the, the shit the, the backstage, pay, the you know, the he has crystal and all that. You know, yeah, so that yeah. comes out. I mean, I'm sure there's an occasional gift or two, but. For the most part, you pay for that. Show. Oh yeah, and Kev's backstage, I think, is pretty black. <laughs> I think it's pretty like plastic cup. They were called the plastic cup boys, they're called or something. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm sure it's like you know a lot of booze and like you know shit like that. Do you still keep in touch with him? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, not a huge amount. Kev did it. You know, I'll, I'll, I hate saying it because it I, makes me feel embarrassed. But it, it is a testament to like for all the ball busting I can do about Kev or or making fun of some of the goofy things of his career, like. Hurricane Sandy like killed me, like literally almost killed me, and then li- destroyed all of my belongings. Uh, and, lo- and like Kev, like through going through different channels because I didn't want to take uh, anything from him. Uh-huh. Like, he was trying to like like help me financially, help get through that. And I was like, wait a minute. He like found like he like went through different channels to get my stuff to give me like like five figure. Like just gifts, like That's basically, great. Like, 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 let me just help you out. And that was really sweet. Yeah, it's like, and it did. It was like a huge help for uh, what was happening in that moment. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, Kev's definitely not like a. He's he may be Hollywood and like the you know doesn't call all of his old friends for every little thing. I get you know stuff like that. Or, or I mean, put it that way. I didn't. I had to hear third hand that he had his second kid. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Where Kev was like probably like one of my earliest phone calls. Yeah, when your when friends I, when get I really mind, famous, but, but yeah. he got yeah. So he went out to, but so we're not as tight as that anymore. But I mean, like definitely still a friend. I mean, that was like pretty amazing thing he did. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Kev's definitely. For, so I don't know how to describe someone going Hollywood. Like he went Hollywood, but that's still a pretty like badass yeah, yeah, move yeah. to like 
to come back and do. How could I ever like say anything negative? How many shows did you do with Corn? Uh, like sixty. Oh my God! So, yeah, we did thirty a thirty show small tour, and then I went on with Mayhem Fest, which was them and like Rob Zombie. <laughs> and she, yeah, it was crazy. That was pretty nice. They're like, it's you think opening for Corn is hard? Now we got Rob Zombie also. I love uh, so much that. Uh, yeah, have we talked about this ever? That you know, Rob Zombie is very dear, close friend. Oh, Tom, Tom Papa. <laughs> That's such a funny yeah, like, like really, and it's so. Uh, I found that out backstage at an Ozfest. Uh, Rob Zombie was closing the small stage for some reason. He was like, that was like his deal was to be the headliner of the smaller, the outside stage. Yeah. And uh, which was a, a really neat show, but I got backstage kind of backstage area, which is basically just buses and golf carts and shit. And trailers, and I see a, a a cart coming up with Rob Zombie, and you know, I guess like a manager or something, you know, because it looks like a guy who's not into like rock music at all. And the golf cart's getting closer and closer, and it is Rob Zombie. I'm like, wow! And Rob Zombie gets, and I'm just like f- transfixed on Rob Zombie watching him. Well, you know, it's such a huge star to me, and this is, I'm very early in comedy, so it's just like a neat, like never seeing celebrities like that before. And I'm like, wow! I follow him, and then I just hear a voice go, "Hey." And I look over, and the, and the guy who I thought was like a management or something was just Tom Papa, but wearing like you know dad shorts and like a polo shirt, like didn't like sunglasses and like you know like no socks with like some kind of loafers and like yeah, just didn't fit into the world at all. But we're just hanging out with Rob Zombie at Ozfest. I think that just shows you. I mean, Tom Papa's an easy guy to be friends with. He's a very nice guy. Sure, sure. But sure. also probably just shows you how non-zombie Rob Zombie like Rob Zombie is. When he's not being robbed. Sure, yeah, like, yeah. he's just probably a dude. But, but that said, like, I mean, his interests are his interests because he's definitely a guy, like, you know, he, he, he operates, he directs horror films and things like that. But he directed like, Tom's special, too. But Tom's special, he directed a, a, a wool light commercial, I think. <laughs> um, and he's doing, like, you know, a document or a movie about hockey, I think, now. He's going to branch out from doing horror movies. But, like... Definitely a multi, like, like very, very talented guy, like multi-talented for sure. But he's like, uh, yeah, I'm sure none of those guys are, are what you're hoping. The, the rock guys, what I've experienced, like none of these guys, or, they all did it for this real condensed amount of time where they went like the guy, we were like, oh, holy shit, this guy's doing like, you know, he's jerking off a guy now just to do something different because like he's banged every chick backstage and do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but I always seem to care. Corn was so far removed from that. I mean, there's Bible studies backstage because two of the guys are like saved, born again. Religious. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So it's like, yeah, my buddy who's the drummer is like, quote unquote, stuck on that bus. I mean, you know, you're still on tour playing music with Corn for a living, but like, he's the drummer and he's like, uh, and he's like, yeah, it's like really, it's like it's bananas. <laughs> like these guys are just like super, super. They go out after shows and sign autographs and tell people, ask people if they can pray for them and stuff. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Pretty interesting, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if they both of those guys have books, I believe. Both those members of the band, like the other, like, and the other guys are not. They just they're not as religious. They're sober. Yeah. Oh, well, they're all sober. Well, well, be the lead singer who's sober, and I'm not. I, I don't know if he's not. I think he told me actually that it's like kids are like in, in maybe Catholic school even. So it's like he, I don't know if he's not religious, but he's not like he's definitely not in the Bible studies and stuff like that. I don't think. And the drummer is just like you know not a substance abuser, like pretty normal guy. Is that how you got the gigs from knowing the drummer? Or did you no, the drummer? no, no. I met the drummer doing it. And it was kind of cool because he was new in the band and the only new member. And then it was, uh, and me, and I was on this tour, you know. So, no, I, I met him doing the tour. No, I got it. I had a manager for 
just a very short amount of time who was like uh, the agency group is a booking yeah, agency yeah. and they were like you should hook up with this guy i think he'd be a great manager for you and his name was reverend dave ciancio <laughs> yeah reverend you know ordained online like that's the joke everyone calls him the rev it's like you know yeah. he's a rock guy he managed like some metal bands and he was a big fan of mine they said so which i thought was neat i'll take that always you know when anyone knows who i am so he uh me and him started working together briefly, and, and one day I just got a phone call. He just thought of the idea. He said, "Would you would you work with bands ever?" I was like, yeah, "Sure." It's it like bands that I like. Like, like I would have said, I don't know, I don't know what I, I probably would have said yes to any band at the time because I would have liked to do it. But outside of like you know country western, but any kind of rock band, I would cause I would have given it a shot. But uh, he called and he was like, in the same day, he goes, "Hey, how would you feel about going out on tour with Corn on a small venue?" 30 city tour what's a small venue for them like four thousand or something we did no i mean some of the places were so cool i was so at, by the way if i didn't start off doing that i don't know if i could have done like the, the amphitheater twenty five thousand yeah. people things because i had to get used to the idea of what was happening here but some of them were smaller i mean my first gig with them was in north carolina and it was for, for, I mean, it was a sports bar. I don't know how else to describe it. We did a couple. We did one of those in like Albany. It was essentially a sports bar, like a thousand people, uh-huh. twelve hundred people, maybe crammed into a space. And there was a bunch of like thousand seaters. And then there was like the occasional like four thousand seat thing, um, minor league hockey like arenas. We did, which was like, but they were all kind of mixed in there. But most of the time, it was just a very able to be dealt with situation you know especially and that's and that is kind of what like opened up my like talking to the crowd a lot more too because you couldn't just go out there and monologue jokes you couldn't like you had to you had to yell at them a little bit and get them involved I've, and then, uh, then kind of and, and, and then work around with them like that yeah i've opened in some of those rock and roll situations i find that you can't treat it necessarily like Hey, why are you guys talking while on stage? No. So you just find, you look out, and you see people smiling. You go, okay, I got these people. You focus on and the, you look at them on people and, who care, and, yeah. Right, and it's just let the craziness happen. Yeah. Uh, were they like that, or were they very polite, or were they poli- more polite than I think they would be? They were more polite than you'd think they would be. They were into but things. I mean, I had to get them, like, right away first. I didn't, if you get them the first time you're out on stage, like, they're, they're kind of with you the whole time. Like, like I, I, I thought about my instinct on that was to go out there and then I thought I'm happy I thought better of it I was like I'm gonna go out every time and make a plea to the audience like I know this is weird having stand-up come out at a metal show you guys want to drink and blah but I promise to almost give this guarantee like I was like oh I'm like it's portraying confidence to go I promise if you listen you guys will laugh and then I'm like too much you know what all that is easily said by going like what's up fuck faces yeah what are you guys doing you guys ready to hear some metal you guys got your fucking fat girlfriends here or fatter than they should be just going out you know i mean it's like and and then they weirdly fall in line more if you're just aggressive because it's all about in that regard like it's my it's a real testosterone filled machismo situation i feel like and to get the guys at a metal show to like comedy happening on stage it's a weird dynamic because they're already submitted to the fact that they're idolizing these guys that are going to come out this band uh-huh. and they're just that's just part of this system like you know what i mean they're not even overthinking that but i think when especially when guys are there with their girls and stuff and you come out there and you're being funny and you're kind of making them laugh the guys in the audience really do have like a what is this nobody thinks he's better than me you know what i mean and like really they start getting like so i would it's a very aggressive heckling when they do heckle like throwing a beer that kind of shit oh man and then it gets like, you know, but that's why I just had to be kind of prepared to like, 
I mean, I would make that guy get like violently thrown out because oh, I would shit good. on him and his, I would shit on him and his like and his fat dumb wife until like he was trying to like come at the stage hard that like security had to take him out by his neck. You know what I mean? So I That's just, good, yeah, I would just rile like, him up. Like, yeah. If you get him, it's like, oh well, you should have been nice to me because now you're not seeing the band you came to see. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, oh, I like that. And just like that's why I just, I just be, you just go like really, just horrible things to say to him because I could, uh, all I asked after the first time I got heckled was I, uh, I actually was asking I asked the lead singer of Corn and and the it was a Jägermeister sponsored the tour so that was a big thing about them like, and their you know, standards and practices type things, a lot of weird things that never, didn't matter to me ultimately because it turns out I just didn't have anything I would talk about that had to do with this but they were so strict on like do not. Talk about being drunk, which I'm not a drinker really, so I don't have a lot of drunk stories. Uh-huh. Is like don't I'm like is it don't talk about being drunk, and don't talk about having sex involving booze. You know what I mean? Like meeting a girl and she's drunk and you're so don't drunk do and, what we make our yeah, living off. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't talk about like booze. Basically, you know, being any kind of negative thing. <laughs> the two things we need to stay in business. Don't talk about. Them. Yeah, but the but when they the first time I got heckled, I ignored it. Was you know. It only happened for a few minutes, and I saw it happening, but I didn't know. I, it didn't happen for the first three or four shows, so I didn't know how to deal with it. It was in Fargo, North Dakota. I remember that. I like Fargo. And uh, and, and I went to, uh, I went outside, and I asked the lead singer, the Jägermeister guy, I was like, hey, there's a guy heckling. And, and the lead singer was even like, he's like, yeah, man, what's that guy's fucking problem? I want to tell him, like, shut the fuck up. I was like, no, I mean, I'll, go t- I'll deal with it. I have no problem. I go, but I have to know. Like I have no handcuffs here, right? So after the first time, he was he was screaming out, "You fucking suck!" Uh-huh. And I just kind of ignored it, but people heard it, and it was a weird. It was awkward almost to ignore it, which is what I hated. But yeah. I just didn't know what my boundaries. I didn't want to come off and be like, "We're sending you home because." Yeah, so did you get that mean? Uh, yeah, of course. And, and, and yeah, I was that mean, and but it was like, but it was easier than that. Even no, you know, it's like I, I shouldn't say it. it wasn't that mean. I mean, I was I was mean. I, I I went as far. He was like just shut down pretty quick, but it's great because. In those situations, the people are such sheep. You know what I mean? Like, so they just, they want to be led somewhere. That's why they're at a heavy metal show to all pump their head the same way and pump their fists. You know right, what I mean? So it's just like, the fact part. that you went after them. So that's why I said, I try to explain to people too. I go, one more microphone in that audience and the whole crowd will turn on me in a heart. If someone just gets the microphone and goes, fuck this fat guy, they'll all just start chanting, fuck this fat guy. Do you know what I mean? Versus yeah. like what well, I have a microphone, so I'm just I'm basically leading the chance on them. So if one guy's being an asshole and I can get them all, it's like, dude, you're a jerk off. Like, do you want to hear twenty five thousand people call you a jerk off and just count to three and jerk off? And it's like you're just dominating them with that, and then they kind of love you for some stupid reason. Do you think these shows helped you or hurt you or both? Or they helped my fan base for sure. They yeah. were. Uh, I mean, so much fun stories I'll have like forever. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, you know. And, and I, I hope that I would like. My con- it's so funny for people having comedy dreams of being like you know a Will Ferrell twenty million dollar guy or, or all those things. Like I, if I could just make my money doing stand up and touring around, but like tour bus style touring, yeah. like go out for like I, I'd be fun. Go out three months, come home for a couple months. Go out, th- you know, like if I was able to tour like that. Man, I love that. I think it is so fun. I really do. I think I think that tour bus living. I like go to sleep. You wake up. You're in another city. Yeah. yeah. Let's find a Starbucks. So you were on the band bus. I was not on the band. But I was on. And I lucked out too with that. I've been on the buses that are twelve people and they're tight yeah. quarters. I've been on the uh, 
And then the first one, again, the first one I went on was the smallest crowds, smallest spaces. I was able to do well every night, almost like a comedy club, you know? Mm. And then, uh, and that tour bus, when I was on a production bus, it was me and, and three other guys only. Oh, so, nice. I mean, that's just, and they, they were all, they were the production guys. So I had my Xbox in the back lounge where I could just sit and, you know, go down the road and smoke pot and, and play Madden football. It was, it was pretty, that experience was like lovely. Like, I really enjoyed that so much. It makes me smile every time I think about it. And I would love to do it with like, fr- I was so envious of the, uh, the opening band on that tour who I had a support act was a band called Two Cents who I became very, very good friends with. And still, I've stayed at their places when I go out to L.A. and everything. And I was so envious of them because it was two brothers and three of their best friends of the band. And they're just like, you know, on that tour bus, like they were doing it. They were doing their thing. That seems like, you know, your your friends are there with you doing this cool experience. Yeah, that's... that's. It uh, was so neat, yeah. It's always nice when you're like, holy shit, this is... Look at, look at my life turned into. I, I know Berbiglia does it. I asked him. I saw him. I did a, a Doug Loves Movies with him recently. And, and I asked him, I go, man, is that just like... The best. He said, yeah. He said it is. It's the best. He loves it. Same thing. It's just like you wake up and you're like, we're Omaha. All right. Let's go. Right, and you have a Anywhere good to eat a, here? Yeah. Like, and a nice crowd. Yeah. It really, in those tours, I don't know what it's even like. Like every day would be like, you know, catered, essentially. When you get to those towns, you know, you get it. It wasn't always like great. But it was always be something local, which was kind of neat too. So we'd do a show in Austin, like you know, make a barbecue had, or something. They had a barbecue truck pulled up and like made everyone. So you ate outside, but it was like just for us, like a right. barbecue truck. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. that is great. And then and then on the Mayhem Fest, the big tours every day is like the catering travels with us. So every day they make. What's the Mayhem? Who's on the Mayhem Fest? I did it that twice, and the first one was Corn, Rob Zombie. Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> yeah, I know the names are always all ridiculous. Five, who was the other main stage band there? I, I don't, I'm drawing a blank. But that was the main bands on that one. And then the, uh, and then I went two years ago. It was Slipknot. If you ever heard of that band before? Yeah, I know Slipknot. Yeah, they're great. Not that old. <laughs> but they're just like such a, I just saw them. They're very theatrical. Very theatrical. They all wear masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the show, state, the stage show is really like, Really interesting. Like, I, I, he was so much so that the last day of that tour, my daughter, I think, was nine at the time. And uh, I told my, uh, her mom, I was like, I was like, bring her up. I go, because I, where I, with the access that I had, I was able to stay like in the soundboard and just, I didn't have to be around a bunch of like idiots. Yeah. Drunken idiots all day. Although I say that, I, I really judged it over the course of several days. Like, should I have her bring her up to the show? And I was looking around, like, you know what? There's really not that much bad going on. Just yelling shitheads with their shirts off, you know. Not that bad. I can kind of keep her sheltered from that. But that particular night that she did come, like, right above us, there's, like, a guy that's, like, just fingering his girlfriend. Oh, like, God. Like, you know, hidden in plain view. Like, she's wearing her shorts, but he's got his hand on the front of her shirt. And she's, like, the way she's moving. It's like, he's finger-fucking his chick. And I, just, and I keep looking, which is making my daughter look. But I'm, then I have to keep looking forward to be like, I'm like, watch the show. The show's happening. But uh, for all those theatrics, though, she is her mother's daughter. She just was not impressed. <laughs> she was just didn't really hit her that hard of how cool of a moment that was. She's more of an indie rock person. <laughs> yeah, she's more of, yeah, I wish I had a better name for a band. Um, she's more of yeah a muse person. Um, no, but but that yeah, was Slipknot Slayer. 
Anthrax. So were any of these Motorhead. big arena shows where there was it ever where you're just like it was just like a normal show or was it always a the arena shows? shows? Yeah, was it ever just like, hey, we're listening from the beginning and we love this and we're polite and then uh, you're done? Or was it always oh. a battle? No, with the big arena ones, it was, um, no, some of them were ready for Again, you know, I, I had the beauty of like, I opened the whole day. So when there's only like, you know, let's say 5,000 people there of the 20,000 that are going to be there or the 18,000, whatever it is, when there's like uh, 5,000 people there and I go on the small stage first before the first band and I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome to Mayhem Fest. And, you know, come on, crowd in here. And I give them a couple seconds, and just like thousands of people come rushing to the front of the stage because they know the show's about to start. They didn't know which stage to go to first. You know, and when I jump up there, you find out. Yeah. They all rush over, and then they're just in such a good mood that the day's starting. So, yeah, and that kind of thing there, it's not that so much we're listening and we're like intently, like, you know, like, you hear nothing but like crickets until you hit your punchlines. But I mean, like, it's definitely like they're they're excited, so they're woohooing and stuff. And you just kind of, I would introduce, I'd say like, you know, these are all the bands that are going to be here. And then later on the main stage, blah blah, you know, these four bands, they lose their minds for that. I'd bring out the Jägermeister girls to start the day with like, you know, I do a fake shot, you know, Diet Coke or whatever, <laughs> and I'd make fun of the the Jägermeister girls and how, or I'd say how hot they were, and then get some schlub dude in the front to like say something to you know i mean i would just like mess i'd find a 15 year old and tell him he's gonna see his first pair of tits so it's like today. audience warm-up for a tv show audience warm for a tv show but you but with no holds barred you right. know i'd have to i was i wasn't worried about tourists i was like you know talking to toothless hillbillies <laughs> but they uh but but so by the time i went on the main stage the second time they were just kind of filing into that room so i would do well, but it was, it was more like, I, I just kind of did the announcements funny, if that makes sense. I'd still tell you the four bands that are still coming. They'd be, hey, where's that kid? Did he ever see titties yet? No, not yet. And then I'd do I'd like quick jokes, you know, a little like set up punch jokes, two or three of those. And then I go, all right, you guys got, you know, Rob Zombie's coming up next and whatever. And I'd, and I'd split. And then right before the two main acts, I would go up and do like a 15 minute thing. And that was like, uh, that was the most challenging. But the thing is, like, they already, like, if they were going to listen by that point, they're just going to listen. Um, the first time you hit a punchline that's like a, from a joke that's like a heavier than just doing the crowd work thing, uh-huh. just like a time tested punch. And you hear the wave. If you hear 5,000 laughs in a room of 18,000 people, like, it's 5,000. It, it yeah, sounds like they're all laughing. It yeah, sounds like good. everyone's That'll laughing. That'll work. Yeah. So it's like, I never, uh, so that was it. It was able. It was enough to just kind of fuel me to to, to do it. Did word spread like amongst their fans? Like, oh, there's a comedian that opens. Like, so later on in the tour, the shows got better. Or yeah, well, I think no. But when I did it the second time, people were like, they'd see me earlier in the day, and they'd be like, "Dude, are you going to go on today?" And they'd be oh, excited. That's nice. to, yeah, it definitely like built my fan base in that way. It's not a bad world for me to be. in. What's funny about it is. Um, and I'm no phony, so it's like it doesn't. Uh, no, I don't. No, no, no. I, but I don't think it. But what I'm saying is, what's funny is like I definitely dress the way I dress, and I have tattoos, and and I love metal, and I mean all of that. But what's just funny about that is, uh, I, I like having that fan base a lot, and I and I appreciate that. I like that fan base can still appreciate that. Uh, when I get on stage, if the rhythm's striking me the right way, like I've do Barbara Streisand joke you know what I mean like I have like a, I'm a wealth of kind of referency stuff so it's like I'm really not 
those guys like those hardcore metal fans come up and they're like have you heard the new like three inches of blood album and i'm like i won't i'll never listen to that album like it'll never come across my you know it's just like it's too much for me like right i'm not old i'm 37 but i mean it's it's an adult for sure you have other things going on it's just like i don't know it's like i to me like I, i maybe it's just age hitting in some way but it's like it just sounds like a bunch of noise to me like you know it's like i like some kind of do you, melody and do you only listen to, music. Uh, do you only listen to metal? No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. I, Let's I, hear some stuff that would surprise me that you listen to. Oh man, it would. I mean, I could just go. I should go through my. I should just go through my iTunes and just list all the things. I mean, I have soundtrack music from Phantom of the Opera in my. Uh, yeah. I've got. Uh, I said I've oh, oh, Barbara Streisand songs out the wazoo. Really? Sure, yeah. Out the wazoo. Out the wazoo. That's what <laughs> like I would say to Barbara. I got Barbara Streisand songs out the wazoo over here. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I love Barbara Streisand. I mean, just like, you know, some cheesy just pop music and uh, very uh, uh, well-versed in like rap from the time I was a kid. That'd be to, great to, if like, you I opened, was... open for corn and first line was like, any Barbara Streisand fans here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm serious. I really like But it. if I was bombing, I would just start singing memories. <laughs> I would just break into it and keep going until they hated it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's, those are all pretty surprising. But I mean, I, if you go across it, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a music fan. Very big music fan. I mean, I have I, I have an extensive collection of Lionel Richie songs in my right. thing. And I'm not joking. It's not, not ironic. Really. Like, I'm, no, no, no. I mean, it's not like I don't have it like, isn't this funny? It's like, no, that's good. You I love these like songs. Them, yeah. yeah, I enjoy these songs. Um, you know, 70s R&B, uh, classic stuff. You know, I'm a big classic rock fan. I love, I love 70s Southern rock. So that may that's probably not a big surprise. But yeah, I think people think I'm way more into like, these like really like hard death metal bands, and a lot of them I just don't know. Right, it's hard and to now, keep now some point. I, and I, I'm not, but I love, yeah, but I love metal. The metal music I love, like I fucking love it. I we, I just did a, I do these cruise ships too that are the bands, the metal bands. <laughs> yeah, which I, I, a lot of comics I guess are doing now. Like there's, I know. Yeah, I did a cruise recently with the bands. There were no bands really. Um, maybe there was one band. I forgot. I think that maybe there was a band, but it was mainly, it was like a themed cruise. It was mainly though? like a, a comedy nerd cruise. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's a, what was it called? I, I uh, it was I, called, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on what it was called. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like a, but it's, it's like a travel, it's like a There festival. was a band though. There but was it's like a, a festival, yeah, like yeah. traveling it's festival like a separate thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just, you weren't just like on like Carnival Cruise Line. No, I was on Royal Caribbean, but it wasn't, we didn't have no, the whole it's boat. It's chartered. Oh yeah, we didn't have the whole boat. Okay. okay. That's, that's a big thing. But that's, yeah, this Shiprocked one, like they do the whole boat now. But that's, uh, but I just did the Motorhead Cruise, <laughs> which was great. So it's like, you know, I know some Motorhead songs. I like Motorhead. And, did you, you know, talk to Lemmy much? Pan- no. Uh, but Pantera was on there, guys from Megadeth. So I mean, I know all that, like, and I love, and I love that metal. I thought he's Mr. Regular Guy. I saw a documentary about him. He like, yeah. sits at a bar. I watched that too. Yeah, <laughs> the gambling the, game or numbers exactly. game. Exactly, the pick a photo hunt or whatever yeah, that. Uh, like that. Yeah, at yeah, the Rainbow out in L.A. Yeah. That's where he sits. I just saw a documentary recently. He, um, no, I mean, I guess he was sort of approachable, but I just didn't. I don't. I, I don't. I never. If it's organic, it's organic. It I, I wish I was better though. Actually, at like weaving those kind of like relationships or, or, or anything like what I, I ended up feeling stupid later because I saw so yeah, had 60 shows with corn. I've since gone to probably about 10 to a dozen of their shows. Just like, you know, they come to town and I go see them. That's what happened the other day. Yeah. And I've been on tour with Slipknot and, I, and there's not one piece of photo evidence 
of me spending any time with corn. I don't have pictures of me in there. Yeah, because I think if you're I, really I, sort of I just being, like, never do colleagues, it. you don't want to be like, oh, you get a picture. But some people just do. Yeah, I know. Some people just do anyway, and they just go, oh, man, let me get a picture of us for it. Just like, you know, for memories. And they probably wouldn't care either. They wouldn't. They, sure they, they would wouldn't. do it. They'd smile for it. They'd, they'd probably take requests on making faces. Norton loves getting pictures with fans. He does, and he's smart to do it. Like if, because there's a moment, I mean, you don't want to be like a weirdo all yeah. the time. But here's the thing. I wouldn't just do it to just like, oh, dude, let me get a picture the way he does. But with corn, by now I should have had some sort of a yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, get they, one they, picture next time you see. <laughs> I really should. I should get one picture just next say, time. Hey, can we just slam out one picture? But yeah, I never get any evidence, and it and it it it, it does feel dumb. But I, but at the same time, I I wonder if there's an appreciation for that at some point that I've never like bothered them for. I either get obsessive about like I'll take too many pictures. I'll just walk. <laughs> through a town like oh that building's kind of cool i'll take a picture and yeah. I go, you know i don't know if i got that building picture good and then you take it and then you're like 70 pictures of like a, a bank or something and then when you go through it later you're like why the hell do i have these stupid yeah, pictures I remember, of this bank? I remember where i was when i took that picture let's talk about your new uh, album i listened to some of it on spotify today oh yeah so you should be watch your mailbox <laughs> you're gonna get a check on. for 0.01 cents <laughs> The uh, it's what's what's your fucking deal, right? Yeah, crowd work sessions. What's your fucking deal? I think it's the first time I've used a profanity on my podcast. <laughs> Put a big bleep in there. With your uh, all crowd work. Uh, yeah, all crowd work album. Yeah, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> Some say it's the second one that's ever been done. <laughs> I um, we just did a uh, our podcast, my podcast Legion of Skanks. We do. We just started last week uh, live streaming it. Uh-huh. Like video live streaming it, we gave it a shot to start doing that. And like, uh, when I introduced the show, I said, "This is so funny how people are too." I said, "Everyone, like, it's official. Like, you are now watching the first ever live streaming video podcast. Like, ever. It's the first one that's ever been done." And then, obviously, making that a joke right. that's been done a thousand times. I mean, like Joe Rogan, notoriously, that's how he does his podcast. Yeah. And um, for some reason, uh. And even, like, as the show moved on, we're, we're making jokes. I was like, oh, we should have, like, a hashtag thing from the show that says Legion of Skanks did it first. <laughs> and, like, just whatever it is, just, like, have people write something that goes, Legion of Skanks did you know, hey, King of Queens, Legion of Skanks did it first. I once tweeted, I said something like, uh, hey, try this drink. It's, it, I made it up. It's, uh, I, I put iced tea and lemonade together. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. 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 I know a, that. That's exactly the point. But someone came back and they go... They go, uh, dude, he goes, I don't break your heart. He goes, but you may be the second person who have ever done it. He goes, but Joe Rogan's podcast is like a live stream podcast. Oh. And I just, I just retweeted it and wrote the word, what a retard. <laughs> so I put the header on. What a, I goes, what, like, really? Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's un- I, I don't, <laughs> Thanks I, for I, filling I, me I'm in. He goes, so confused and angry when people like, especially like it's a comedian saying it. Not that we're <laughs> always, you know, joking, but pretty much it's probably a joke. Probably. <laughs> It's probably a joke. So this is recorded at the stand. Yeah. How many shows did you record? We recorded two straight hours, like two different crowds, uh-huh. one night, an hour each. And then the, we recorded four just like sets, like weekend sets of, you know, just like 15 whatever minute sets. And we just ended up, I think the audio on that was bad. So we, we, we took it, for, it ended up being pretty much one show straight through with maybe like seven minutes chunk from the second show but the first show was like just worked out man such a small venue so it just didn't take you know what i mean like it's so intimate like that's a great spot to do it in Did that you kind turn of the lights thing. up a little bit 
No, I didn't really need to turn the lights up too much at all. It's I do that when we do the the what's your fucking deal show like you did. We try to keep yeah, the, the audience yeah, like South yeah. We try to do it where you can see uh, the crowd, so that people have a lot more to work with there. Yeah, but it's um, you really can't beat those like tiny tiny rooms for it because it just becomes like infectious. You know what I mean? Like, and also I said the important thing is like. I think you agreed to this when we had this conversation with a crowd work show at all. Like the crowd has to know yeah. that's what's happening. They have to know because they'll stay with you for 15 minutes no matter what, whether they know what's happening or not. But then eventually they're going to go like, is he not doing any jokes? Like, like, like Just like almost like, is this supposed to be happening? Is this guy confused or something? So if they know it, they're much more likely to like be into it. And I only had to put, you know. 85 people in that room for it to be packed did you think of doing a special also or yeah i'd love to i don't know if like comedy central i think is far too terrified maybe with these albums but i mean like they'll they'll reconsider that but they're far too terrified to just kind of turn me loose on a i mean they're so when i i, I ran an hour for them not too long ago on like the the list of notes <laughs> i got back <laughs> oh do you have it's another, right, 35 by, minutes so you could <laughs> yeah and by the way it also it's like things that like why I'm bad at that isn't because I, obviously I know I, to take out the you know the fucks and cunts like it's obvious and like yeah. you know and like the over the top graphic descriptions I get all that but it would be things that I don't understand well I was talking about like you know doing laundry and having holes in my oh, oh no I remember like joke I, I said I have a joke where I say uh I don't even really say it anymore, but I go how lazy kids are now because of like everyone could be stars on the internet. Like nobody has any, what's the, what's the, why would you work super hard to become a doctor when it's like, if you're willing to blow dudes on the Jersey shore, like you could become a millionaire. You could just do that. You know, I go YouTube makes everything to be a star and everyone's kind of got a shot. I go, so my daughter doesn't want to be a doctor. <coughs> Excuse me. She doesn't want to be a doctor. She wants to be Rihanna. And I go, and, and granted, she can take a punch, but that's not to and Yeah. And they come back and they go, well, dude, you're saying you're, you're hitting your daughter. I go, but isn't the whole thing that it's so obviously a joke? Like, why would I come confess to beating a kid? It's right. like, it doesn't. Do you really think I hit my daughter? It doesn't make sense that, I, that you have to disclaimer that. And that blows my mind. And it really does. It takes the wind out of my sails. Every, if they come back and they go, if I know I'm pushing the envelope on dirty and they come back and go. You can't get away with that. I go, ah, yeah, I gave it a shot. You know what I mean? I, I thought maybe I could get that through. When the descriptions for that thing is almost like, it's like they don't even have an argument. I go, you're telling me I'm protecting the stupidest people on earth who think that I'm up here to, to, to preach to the world that I punch my daughter in the face, like Rihanna was abused. And also part of that is saying something that, like, the fact that it's the wrong thing to say is why it, it kind of makes you go, ooh, and you get excited. Yeah, yeah. It's like a joke that you make when you're like in a car with a friend and you're just like out horrifying each other. Sure, yeah, exactly. But it's just like for, for them to get so like bent out of shape about that. It's like, it's like well, who are we protecting here? It's like, how can you? I mean, it's like, do I have to go? There's these big like, box appears at the bottom right there. It goes, by the way, if anyone ever laid their hands on my daughter, I'd be in jail for killing them. Like, I'm, I, would ne I would never punch my daughter in the face, nor would I let anyone in the world do that. Did you try rewriting any of these two? Um, no, that's the problem now. And now because of the album and, and, and some of the things going on with the radio and stuff like they really want me to Comedy Central included, like they want me to revisit it and keep giving them like hours. But like, I'm in a weird place because I don't think that it's, I couldn't do an hour 
of squeaky clean. Maybe you're a Netflix guy. Yeah, maybe. Very, very possible. But I don't think I, I not squeaky clean. I don't I think you have to be squeaky clean on Comedy Central. But I think I can do an hour of Comedy Central um, clean material and make it very, very funny. My problem is I'm sitting on like an hour and a half that's never been on TV that's dirty and it's just like I got to get rid of this stuff yeah because I think you because they're because and, and by the way if it was just like I said if the Rihanna thing never sees the light of day I don't care right. it, it was it was a, it was a thought that came and went it wasn't a, it wasn't anything that I had a passion behind but I've got like so much what I would deem a hard heavy conceptual you know through line bits that are filthy that just like, you know, I get to do one on a tell underground. I, I, I got rid of a story on Ari Shafir storytelling thing that, that I would have said, I mean, literally four years ago, I would have said this was, would have been my closer on my special. Now it's just like, I got so much dirty on, you know, TV used stuff that it's like, I'm, that's already something I'm just like, and, and even that's so dirty. They're like, well, this is going to be on the internet version. And then we'll do the other story on TV. I'm like, fine, just whatever it takes, you know, just put it out however you want to do it. Because, uh, but I, I, I need to get rid of these like dirty jokes, you know what I mean? And, and these concepts. And, and I don't know if conversations ever going to like, we're going to find a ground on that ever. I don't know. It's a little harder with them. It'd probably be easier with like Netflix. Or... Netflix would be great. But then everyone starts going, I said, the people around you worry about the same issue of having with the radio. The people around you are worrying. And it's good. You need people around you who worry about business because I don't. Yeah, worry about business at all. So my whole thing is like to go like, no, Netflix is going to give you like a bum deal and whatever like that. And in my mind, I'm just going like, man, like I just want the world to have access to this hour. Like at, does, had, at the end of the day, I, I never even with the albums. Like, you know, you're going to get a check for blah 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 for you know advance or whatever it is. And I'm just kind of like, oh, great. And it's almost like you know, it's like how much money have you made off of your first album? I yeah, go there's bigger zero. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I've never even checked if I've made any money off of my first album. I could whatever I sold on the road maybe is how I would consider what money I've made, but like through iTunes, like I don't know if it even recouped how much money it took. To, I'm sure maybe it did, but and also those Netflix specials are people watch those things, man. I mean, I look at the reviews sometimes, and you'll see the number of people who reviewed the special. By sometimes it's not even like a real famous, but you're like fifty. This is based on fifty five thousand reviews. It's or, insane, and you're like, or ratings. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They just do it, and, and people yeah, people just watch it. And it said like you can just consume that because. Netflix, the on-demand, you know, the Netflix the streaming is what everyone uses, really. Like, how many people get the DVDs delivered that much anymore? Yeah. So, it's a great, yeah, absolutely, because people will just want, you can, it's very easy to see all of the stand-up on Netflix. And if you're, when I was a kid, I would have been in heaven with that. Like, I, that, I used to go to West Coast Video in Philadelphia and, and rent I didn't have cable or anything, so I'd rent, like, the HBO half hours, and I'd rent, like, all of them, you know? I'd get, like, three of those and, like, you know, a Sam Kinison special, and all. I watched everything. So I was such a junkie for yeah. stand-up. I thought it was... Because that's... I, but all I did was stole stand-up jokes and went to school and was funny based off that stuff, you know what I mean? But, I mean, I, I gave it to them as I... But I, I thought it was cool because I was seeing, like, you guys don't know who Sam Kinison is? You know, and I'm, like, 11 <laughs> or 12, you know? You were doing his act when you were 11? Just like going and saying whatever, yeah, or or, if I, yeah. or I would just, but I'm not even doing his act. I said like that. That implies like I'm going there. Like I, it, it was too heady. Most of the stuff that I liked, like for it to even have possibly been mine. Do you know what I mean? So I'd just go to school and I'd be like, hey, you guys, and I would get other people to watch stand up. 
um, from that. And I was just like a huge, so a Netflix thing, like I get that. There's thousands of people out there, tons, tons and tons of people who just like want to consume all of the stand-up and see it all. Isn't it weird when you meet like comedy fans? Like it's just real, they're, they're so invested in these worlds. I mean, I just did an Anthony, Anthony Cumia thing out in Mohegan Sun. Uh-huh. They asked me to come out and perform at the casino out there. And I did, it's like, I saw 10 people there that I saw at the Ron and Fez Thanksgiving special I did, who probably go to all of Norton's shows within the tri-state area. And they're just like, they're so invested in it, man. That's like a, you know, your instincts are to go, it's kind of creepy, but it's like, I guess it's sort of a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, it's nice when someone's like, has the same sort of like, oh my God, stand-up comedy. It's also, we're very... Because we're jaded a little bit. But we're also very touchable, like, uh, more than, like, rock stars. Oh, accessible, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but but even, like, yeah, just very able to be uh, contacted, you know what I mean? We go back and forth with, the, with Twitter now. And also, just, like, after a show, most times, you know, we're not all, like, you know, Russell Peters things. Like, after a show, it's like... I mean, I have to literally walk through the people. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's not like we're not like sheltered from the. There's not a lot of Elvis has left the building. No, so at the comedy club. So they feel like they're. I mean, now with also with podcasts and radio show and all that stuff, like they they're so invested in like your life because most of the country isn't doing anything they love. So it's like they are sort of vicariously living through our dramas and our bullshit. The fact that uh, our my podcast does well. What's your podcast called? I do I do, I do Legion of Skanks with Luis <laughs> J. Gomez and Dave okay. Smith, and that's just the three of us. And then I do a SDR show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, which is where we interview porn stars and rock stars, me and my friend Ralph. Ralph's been in radio, like rock radio forever. Used to be on VH1 and stuff like that, and we interview those bands. But, uh, but... Though it's it's but what I find bizarre about it is Legion of Skanks they're both doing well but Legion of Skanks have been doing it for years now uh, SDR shows newer so Legion of Skanks has like you know lots of downloads every week now and it's 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 growing and growing. Does it help your live shows? You think it's helped my live shows a lot. It's but it's also I was amazed like how much people like when you get thanked for your podcast people thank it because oh man the hours of and, they, and and it means a big deal to them that it's free. It's a huge thing to people that it's free entertainment. You're giving them an hour to two hours uh, a week, at least, of just that free entertainment. And they thank you for it. And, and it's a weird thing to accept thanks for because you're like, oh, like, I mean, it's kind of easy. You're almost like, I'm not really doing much. <laughs> like, I know the technical aspects of it and uploading and the, the annoyance of whatever the tech aspects yeah. are. But the reality of like sitting and bullshitting into a microphone with people you know and like already or, or someone you're interested in or whatever is... It's very easy. Yeah, it's not that difficult. It's not a difficult gig, so it's weird that people have such like a, like, thank you, thank you. And you're almost like, you could probably do this for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I meet people. I mean, I've met people over the world who are like, you know, someone come up to me in Amsterdam, hey, listen to your podcast. Really? And it's because you don't really think about who's listening. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, you, guys, I mean, you guys ever make your way out to Australia, South Africa? Like, yeah. oh, it's weird, crazy. Have you, uh, have you thought of doing a crowd work tour? Um. I mean, since you're doing all my other ideas <laughs> that I invented. No. <laughs> I like the live streaming podcast. Yeah, that was mine. I, uh, no, I haven't. Do, I, you know what's funny? I don't, I'm not drawing yet enough to, to facilitate a tour. Really? Yeah, not at all. Like it's, no, I just, do, a, do a tour and just draw who you draw, man. Yeah, that's one way to do it, but you, you have to have some kind of 
banking behind that to some degree. You know, Ari Shafir's talked about this before, too. He does the same thing. I, I thought Ari, because I've seen Ari, by the way, and he has markets for sure. Ari, uh-huh. where he packs them in. I mean, he ran his hour at the Bell House and just put up, like, you know, Twitter, like, hey, going to run my hour at the Bell House. Packed. Beautiful, which I think is amazing. And locally here in New York, I can do things like that. And there's some cities I do okay. But uh, but I thought with him, I was like, I was like, yeah, but dude, you're doing these rock halls around the country and, like, you're packing them in. He's like, no. So like, not always. Because a lot of times I just get the guarantee. But, like, you know what? It's a great show. If 75 people show up, like, they're fans. They want to be there. They're super into it. He goes, and then next time... 200 people show up, you know, it's like, and it's just like, it's going kind to of build like that. And the crowds that show up, it's not random shitheads thrown in there who are just like, how did you get into this? Club? Sure. Yeah. yeah, It's yeah. just like, they're all like, we like you and we're excited. No, absolutely true. But, um, I said, any show I do on the road really ends up being essentially a, a crowd work show. <laughs> I mean, like I, I always do as much as I can fucking with the crowd, no matter what. That's really? All. It's just like more, that's my fun. Like I get very, I've, I remember like, like really like struggling in my mind with like when you have an idea and you're like oh man i got this new joke and it's killing and it's killing and then it becomes a joke so for six months you kind of repeat that joke's in my set you know what i mean it's somewhere maybe it's like in the middle when it's not fully honed then i get to this point where it's just beastly and i'm closing with it and i close and then i'm like oh let me i won't use in the city a little bit and then i'll do it again but i just start getting like and what starts happening is inexplicably, why isn't this working, man? Like it, it worked like it used to level the room, and now it doesn't. Like now it's just like it's doing okay. And I, th- the only answer I have for it is it's me. Like I'm just not telling it with the same oomph. It doesn't make me laugh anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not enjoying it. And even if I, I'm telling it with the same inflection, the same. They're just it's some kind of internal vibe. You, we've all gone on stage before and had that, at all costs. Like I'm, I'm above this crowd. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill. Like this is gonna go well. I'm, just, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna say funny shit. And it's gonna go great. And I've had that. And I, and I go up. And there's ones where you're like, oh, this might go bad. And you kind of self fulfilling prophecy, you know. But sometimes you surprise yourself. But overall, um, what the crowd work does is it makes me like. I do like I like my sense of humor like it, it you know I when I write anything I write if I tell it on stage like at some point it made me laugh you know even if I'm over it now or I think it's corny or even hacky at the moment I said it I was like that's pretty funny so I get to have those real moments on stage with it when you think of something especially when it come up with something in crowd work and you know you do a lot to know also like that feeling of like uh you're almost impressed with yourself. You're like, yeah, how did yeah. I weave that together? Yeah, like, that, you're like, well, I got to pat myself on the back. <laughs> yeah. You're like, how the hell did that weave together? Like, I can't, uh, I, I would have that, I, that feeling comes up. Like you, you could force that feeling with a show like set list. Yeah. It forces that feeling. Cause you're like, how the fuck did I make, you know, you know, hooker utopia, yeah. like a, a really awesome, hilarious thing. Like whatever the hell it said, it's like some stupid word or phrase. So what are your, uh, let's get some plugs in here. Yeah. As we wind down, this is this has gone by very fast. We've been talking for four minutes. Now, <laughs> I hope I was. Where born. you get? No, no, no. Where do you? Uh, where are you going? Um, on the road stuff. I got coming. December's actually still going to be a fun month. I'm going to Toronto for some gigs. Where are you going to Toronto? I do the uh, underground comedy. Oh, that's the pothead room. Yeah, it's so neat. It's such a cool place. But what's weird about it is every time I've performed there, at some point. Uh, by the end of the show, there's a guy 
laying on the floor with his head in a, in a nice young lady's lap while she's rubbing his head and saying and shushing him because he has what they call a green out where they actually so much weed smoke in that room and they're all smoking so much pot that it just like it puts them down that's it pass out it's a weird thing i didn't know that even happened i put them out with just boring them <laughs> yeah that's cheating but i'm doing i'm doing. doing two two i'm doing comedy bar up there also I oh, comedy bar's yeah great. I'm, doing, I'm doing one one show or two shows at comedy bar and, and a couple of that comedy underground and then i think london ontario we're doing something also so it's just like a rob mayu running around do a bunch of gigs for him uh good friend good dude funny good, good funny comic good promoter i mean it's a really a good i like buddy. going to canada yeah, I don't mind. I I hate getting there. I, I the, that border is they they are never nice. They always have a problem. You think it's your uh, your look? That maybe helped? I don't know. I'm always so pleasant though. I'm very I'm a, I'm a very. It's amazing how mean the cops have been to me my whole life. For I am very like officer. My sorry, ma'am, sir. Like I don't. And it's not condescending either. Or like you know, sarcastic. It's very. You I was know, watching that trouble. show. It was a reality show, but what was the Travis, the guy who Blink 182's drummer? Travis Barker. Yeah. I guess he was coming back from some trip, and he's he was late, and he's telling his wife, uh, "Who do you think they're gonna do a secondary search on?" <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like tattooed up to his eyeball. Yeah, literally, his neck is all tattooed. Yeah, I never have an easy time getting in there, but uh, I do love Canada. It's it, and then Toronto has been a great town for me too. Like they really, they come out like they're into it, which is great. And then. um after that, I'm doing well. I'm doing Foxwoods for New Year's, which should be fun. And uh, Dayton, the Dayton Funny Bone, in between, right after Christmas until New Year's. So I think 26th to 28th. Cool. And your website is it's Big J Comedy. It's Big J Comedy dot com. That's probably not up to date. I need to get that fixed up pretty quick. But I'm Big J Okerson on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, your album is what's the what's your fucking deal? Big J Okerson, the Crowdwork Sessions. What's your fucking deal? Available on iTunes and apparently Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, yeah. But you know, buy it on iTunes. Do the Taylor Swift thing. And buy it. <laughs> Artists need money. It's a concept piece. I mean, so. you make a little money off Spotify. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny too. Like, uh, I thought about that as I see it available as yours is too, right? In tracks. Yeah. They could buy just tracks, but you're almost like, with the crowd work thing, you kind of like... Right, you kind of want to know that what happened before and after. Yeah, because somewhere in the middle it's of the written. joke, you go, Mark, you know what I'm talking about. And someone's like, who the hell's Mark? <laughs> but Mark was from way early. One track. Yeah, I, that's how I got it. That's the most annoying part is you get that raw uh, audio, and you got to sit there and oh, pick your marks. Oh, that's the worst. And then you got to name those marks. I don't even like when I have to edit a podcast. It's just like, oh, you, you know... Uh, Nate Pargatze, I think, has one of the funniest. I haven't even seen it fully, but I know his track listing for his album. It's like, uh, you know, Nate's voice, too. It's like, uh, it's like doing pretty good. They seem, in track two, like, they seem to like me. Like, part three, track three is like, starting to lose them. Oh, that's really and funny. Track six is like, getting them back. Oh, that's, God, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, I know, right? Just that's telling you how the crowd's feeling. Getting them back. Oh, lost him again. <laughs> yeah. He goes, they didn't get my Sparrow reference. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have done the Sparrow in Chattanooga. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having and, me. And uh, buy Jay's album. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you uh, maybe next week. I don't know. I generally do this every week. Okay, goodbye.
This is firefighter Rafael Porriette for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.